Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. My name is Steven, and this is the Storytime Channel. First things first, congratulations to last week's giveaway winner, James Love. And just a reminder that I do giveaways every single week, so if you're interested and don't know how to enter, stay tuned until later in the video and I'll tell you exactly how to enter. That said, our first story of the day is by Syria Hawk. He wanted deep tissue. So I am a massage therapist and I have a reputation for my firm pressure and deep tissue. Tonight I had a male client who came in and off the bat was extremely rude. He was someone I had never seen before, and from the start, he felt my establishment had not met his needs. I start with the usual verbal conversation and set up to cover our ground rules due to the current health standards. I calmly explain that the rules are there for his safety as well as my own. He tolerates my going through the details, but I can just feel it is far from over. He tells me about his problems, in which I begin asking how he feels about certain areas being worked that require permission. Again, he cuts me off and starts telling me that I'm the therapist and should know what he needs and wants. Again, I explain it's protocol for his and my safety. Jerk then goes off about it being a waste of time and that the entire spa is useless. Overall, just rude comments, I finally tuned out. I can feel my blood boiling and I'm about to just refuse the service when I catch the last of what he's saying. I come in here needing a deep tissue when they give me the most timid therapist they can. You obviously have no idea, nor the ability to give me the pressure I want. I take a deep breath and give him the biggest smile I can muster and say, I'm sorry sir, but could you tell me again what kind of pressure you wanted today? Firm and heavy. Deep tissue? Yeah, but if your hands are as soft as you look, then you probably need help. Maybe you should bring someone in with you who can show you what to do. I just smile and leave the room, informing him I would return to perform the service, giving him time to get on my table. I tell my boss what is going on and learn he was rude to the front desk staff as well, and she asks me if I wish to refuse service because his behavior is unacceptable, and I tell her I'll take care of it. I go back in the room, and the first thing he asks me is if I brought someone with more experience. I smile wickedly, knowing he was prone and could not see my expression. Sir, I assure you that I am more than capable of meeting your request. Maybe if you'd lay off the sugars and worked on your structure, you probably could. Tell you what, sweetie, just give me everything you got and maybe it'll tickle. Now, I am not a small or muscular person by any means. I'm about 5'7 and I don't consider myself fat, but I have a big stature. I come off nice and pleasant as well, so most don't know my capabilities. At this point, I drape for the back lower the table as low as I can, crack my knuckles, apply gel to my hands, and press down into my first stroke with every ounce of pressure I can muster. I hear him gasp for a breath in surprise. I do my entire warm-up like this until he finally manages to hiss out, Too much, too much! I stop and say, Well, sweetie, this is just the warm-up strokes. Is the pressure bad or do I need to get someone more qualified or can I start the massage now? He was defeated and said he got the picture. 
He now knew I was more than capable of the task. He didn't say anything else. He didn't apologize to me, but the front girls told me he did apologize to them for his behavior and asked to never see me again. He also stiffed me on my tip. My boss asked me what happened, and I told her. She laughed and said, Well, he did ask for deep tissue. I suppose the moral here is to not mess with the massage therapist who is nicknamed Amazonian Hands. All those people have to go through some level of training and have tangible experience to be there, so why would it be a shock that they would be able to apply the pressure required? That said, this story has me kind of curious. For those who do know how they like their massages, do you like it a little softer or do you like very firm, get those knots out of the muscles type massages? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is by Maev Melange, my only malicious compliance story, signing tests in high school. So I love reading everyone's stories and was like, darn, I have never done this. I wish I was cool like you guys. Then I remembered this story from high school due to another poster's story. Background. When I was 16, I was kicked out of my house. I was the typical straight A student and was fairly straight laced. Most of my time outside of school was spent at my job. In my country, because of my age, I was able to be an emancipated minor. In my final year of high school, grade 12, one of my few non-IB, advanced placement classes was chemistry. My average in this class was 98%. The teacher hated me because I would come to class, sleep through half, cause I normally work to midnight or later, then take notes for the last half. So we had a test, the class average was under 50%. I don't remember exactly how much, but I got my typical high 90s. The teacher decided that all students had to take their test to their parent or guardian and get it signed. Now remember, most of us are 16 or 17, not young children. I went to the teacher and asked if this applied to me as I did not have a guardian and passed the test. He said, no, you have to get it signed by your parent. I explained again that I did not live with my parents. My dad was not even in the province and my mom lived three hours away and that I was emancipated. He still insisted. So, since I was my own guardian, in front of him, I signed the test and handed it back. He told me he was reporting me for not following the rules and that he was going to kick me out of classes. I told him to go right ahead. A couple days later, I get called to the office by my vice principal and she asked what happened. I explained the situation and what he said. She was aware of my situation as all the back-to-school paperwork was signed by me and I had paid all fees. She called him down to the office, clearly chewed him out while I waited inside, then brought me back in for his apology. The rest of the year when he required tests to be signed, I would sign it right in front of him and hand it over while he did his best not to look me in the eye. Edit, for everyone asking, this is Canada. Also, I was unclear, this happened when I was 17 as I was kicked out at the end of grade 11. This was also 20 years ago. So, even in the US, emancipated minors are a very real thing. At 16, you can file for that, with your parents' permission, of course. So, the teacher needs to be flexible and understand that, in this case, the student didn't have parents they can just take paperwork to. They didn't have guardians, so they needed to sign their own paperwork. The teacher wanted that gotcha moment for all their students where they take it to their parents and the parents realize how bad they're doing. But in OP's case, they don't have anybody to take it to for the gotcha moment. Plus, they did really good on the test. What does it matter? So obviously, the teacher was very in the wrong and they had to apologize. This next story is by Vivid Fiddlesticks. You want 10% off? Okay. As a teen, I used to work for an import store named after a peer. 
We sold a lot of wicker furniture. Wicker furniture is not durable. It's the nature of the material. We had white furniture that we sold, and it was so prone to scuffs and damage that it came with a little spray can of touch-up paint. We, the staff, always made sure to point out how easily damaged it is. Most people buying wicker furniture understood that or would change their minds when they realized the upkeep needed. So this guy comes in and he wants a wicker chair. Great, they sold for $90. Well, he starts nitpicking every little scuff and mark on the chair. Doesn't care, that's just how it is. He wants a discount. So I go to ask my manager. She says, fine, give him $10 off. I go back and say, okay, I can give you 10 bucks off. He says, $10? That's not good enough. I want 10% off. So I say, okay, you got it. Quickly ring him up, take the 10% discount, which is $9, and hand him his receipt with a big smile and a, thanks so much for coming in today. He walks out, dragging the chair, and is halfway to the door when he reads his receipt and realizes he's played himself. He turns back and I just give him a big Cheshire smile. He left without a word. Oh, and I forgot to give him his touch-up paint too. Dang. This story makes me think of like a Looney Tunes sketch, but in a real-life equivalent. It's not a one-for-one thing, but there's always those Looney Tune bits where somebody says something and then somebody says, no, I want this. But in reality, it's a lot worse deal, but they're too dumb to realize it. And then afterwards, they realize, wait, I just got played. Or, you know, in Looney Tunes, you end up blowing up or your head spins around or something even more crazy. This next story is by JMWOS52. Inland Revenue Service plays reverse UNO card. In the late 60s, there was an awesome student prank perpetuated in Auckland. I'm not sure if this is malicious, but it was funny at the time. At the top of the shopping section of Queen Street was a well-known and expensive shoe shop. One morning of Freshers' Week, the city woke to find some bare feet painted coming out of the street drainage gully and into the doorway of the shoe shop. Out of the shoe shop and up the road was painted some shod feet going into a building housing government's department and then the bare feet exited the building and disappeared into another street drainage gully. This obviously got a lot of attention, culminating in the local evening news TV program sending out a crew in the afternoon. The segment followed the trail of painted feet. It first asked the owner of the shoe shop for his comments. Obviously, he was very happy to point out that his store was the best in Auckland and that people would come from everywhere to get his shoes from his store. It then followed the trail to the next building and got a spokesman on camera. He was not a happy bunny and said that it was not true that his department would take the clothes off your back or, for that matter, the shoes off your feet. The camera then panned up the building to the sign on it. It had been changed from Inland Revenue Service to Inland Robin You Service. At the time, checks in New Zealand had to be made out to the name of the account holder or else they were declared invalid and returned to the payer. Q students and others paying their tax returns made out to the Inland Robin U service. Because they had sent in the paperwork with a check on time, they could not be penalized. The court held that as they had left the sign up for a significant period of time and it was public knowledge, it was fair to use the name when writing a check. The taxman had to then chase the people who used Inland Robin U service as a payee for the money. The Malicious Compliance The Inland Revenue Service opened up an account for the Inland Robin U service and took all the money. Listen, any way they can retain that money, I'm sure the Inland Revenue Service is going to go right down that alley. They gotta open up the Inland Robin U service? So be it, they got all that money now. 
This next story is by Black Truffle Sheep, The Parmesan Cheese Incident. This story happened a few years ago when I worked for a supermarket chain that promotes organic food. I was hired to be the buyer for the specialty foods department, but I soon came to realize that they expected me to do the work of someone with a higher title for less pay. Our team was always short-staffed, and the few other workers always had excuses for doing less work, so it all got dumped on me. On this particular day, I was short-staffed and by myself from 6am to 2pm. The store assistant manager wandered up and announced, You need my help. You need more parm cheese out. I'll cut it. Now, first of all, while assistant manager was generally a nice guy, he was the sort of inept person that made you wonder how the heck he made his way up to his position. He may have been good at customer service, but he had no skills whatsoever to help out in my department. He had tried helping in the past and had made a mess of things, so I learned my lesson there. The cheese in question is specifically known as Parmigiano Reggiano. A full wheel is about 85 pounds. Anybody who works in the specialty cheese industry knows that you need a special set of tools to hand cut it as well as the skills needed. It is not a job for the novice. A new person must be trained, helped, and monitored. Also, a second person comes in handy to help flip an 85-pound wheel of cheese. I came to this job with years of experience and I made a point to tell them during my interview that I cannot do this one job due to my arthritis. No problem, I was told. Other team members can do it. So I explained to assistant manager that I had another co-worker coming in at 2pm who was going to do it because he knew how to do it and was good at it. Assistant manager still wanted to do it. I tried explaining that you need to use special tools to cut it and special training, and I didn't have the time to stop and show him how to do it. I'll figure it out, assistant manager said. I tried asking assistant manager to do a number of different easier tasks to help me out instead. No, I can cut the parm, assistant manager said. I tried every diplomatic way to politely dissuade assistant manager from doing this, but he insisted on doing it. I was overdue for my break anyway, so I told myself to just let this happen. I returned for my break to see what happened. An entire 85-pound wheel of expensive cheese was absolutely butchered. It was done with maximal waste, and each individual piece was wrapped up for sale in a way that would be unacceptable by the company's standards. I shrugged my shoulders. It wasn't my mess, and I had my own job to do, orders to place and time deadlines to place them. The next day I show up and I am immediately attacked by the department team leader. I calmly explained what happened and she still wanted to blame me for it. She asked why I didn't take the time to train assistant manager. I pointed out that I didn't have the time being short staffed. She asked why I didn't take the time to rewrap, clean up and fix all the cheese. I pointed out how long that would take and that I would get in trouble for working overtime. She insisted that she and I needed to have a meeting with the store manager immediately. So, after talking it out and pleading my case in the store manager's office, the store manager graciously gave me permission to nicely and directly tell inexperienced supervisors to go away and not help in the future. My team leader later pulled me aside and apologized to me, but then she gave me a big condescending lecture about how I just wasn't doing a good enough job, and if I didn't get better, I may get demoted or fired. Not long after that, I gave my notice to work a new job at a lovely, privately owned cheese shop where I was much happier and my skills were truly appreciated. 
Assistant manager might be a good guy, but they don't know when to stop. They wanted to be helpful, but they didn't want to do reasonable things to be helpful. They wanted to cut that cheese. It was and always had been assistant manager's fault. OP tried their best to tell them no. So quickly now, I want to explain just how to enter the giveaway. All you need to do is leave a comment on this video relevant to something you saw or heard or liked in any story in that video. That's it, you're entered but it applies to every single video we upload this week. So to get the best odds at winning the $30 Amazon gift card giveaway, you'll want to leave a comment relating to any of those videos all week long. On Sunday, after the last video has gone out, I'll pick one comment at random and let you know on the following Monday who has won and then it starts all over again. So make sure you leave a relevant comment on this video and additionally every video I upload this week for the absolute best chance to win. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and give the videos a like too, because it helps more than you could imagine. That said, our final story of the day is by Stapelum43, 20-year-old malicious compliance. Okay, so this happened more than 20 years ago, but a recent post reminded me. I was 19 years old and still living at home. My dad is slash was married to a woman who is the total evil stepmother. My dad would drop me at the city bus stop in the morning. I didn't have a job, so I rode around and applied for jobs all day. Well, I'm supposed to meet my dad at the end of the day so he can take me back home somehow. I missed the bus a couple of times. I didn't mean to. Well, my stepmom told me that if I'm late again, just don't bother coming home. I took her at her word. Some time goes by and I accidentally missed the bus again, making me late. So I called a friend, Collect, that I barely know and asked if I could stay with him. He told me to grab a cab and he'd pay when I arrived. So I did and I spent the night with this creepy guy. Little did I know, when I didn't come home that night, my dad freaked out and put together missing flyers. I found this out when I called my dad and he got me home from this guy's apartment. He was saying how worried he was. I just stared at him blankly and said, Well, stepmom said if I was late, not to come home. I was late, so... Nothing really came of it. He's still married, but separated. I just wish there were more of these stories where, when the reality of the situation comes up with the relationship between the step-parent and the child of the actual parent, and how they don't get along or how the step-parent is kind of verbally abusive, there was some actual action or consideration or emotion tied to the actual parent. You just hate seeing these stories come by where the original parent just lets it sweep under the rug because they want to be with that person. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today, so if you enjoyed the stories today, please consider giving the video a like, and if you haven't, subscribe and turn notifications on so you'll never miss an upcoming video. And if you had a favorite story of the day, let me know which one and why in the comments down below. But no matter what you did, whether it was liking, commenting, subscribing, whatever you did, thank you all so very much for supporting me right here on the Storytime channel. I hope you all have a wonderful day, and as always, I'll be back tomorrow with more Reddit stories right here on the Storytime channel. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.